It's good to be in the house of the Lord to worship with you today. We welcome everyone, whether you've been here uh, from the very beginning or if you're new today, we're all part of God's family today. And we have gathered into his place to worship him, to hear from his word. And that's what we want to do right now. We've been working through a series on Total War, and uh, this series is available online, and now through some efforts of our people is on uh, iTunes. You can go to iTunes and listen to this series and subscribe to it. We're just getting so sophisticated. We had a a video ad that's been running on Facebook, and we've reached almost uh, 26. 700 people with that ad, and uh, the word is getting out and getting good responses. Uh, Beyond that, there's just the great things you guys do every day in your life, how you touch people, how you love them, how you care for them, and we so appreciate for that. This church is just a gem of what God is creating and doing with us, and he has great plans for us. This message today is... uh, really been on my heart. It's an important message, and if you were to ask me, I would say what we're about to hear from the Lord is probably one of the most important messages so far. It is absolutely critical what we're about to hear. Uh, On this uh, principle that he wants to show us from the Word, there's going to be an important consequences that will follow. And it is one of the keys to understanding the Word of God and His movement in your life. We're going to be learning about the listening posts. And the listening post is a critical part of the work of any conflict that has taken place in the world. A listening post in a war is a forward listening position that would be established by the commander to overhear and to be aware of what the enemy is doing out there. In World War I, they were in trenches, and they would uh, dig these forward tunnels, and sappers, they would call them, and they would move forward, and they would be carefully listening for the enemy and trying to figure out what they're doing in their trenches. But, of course, they were tunneling towards them as well at the same time, and once in a while they would run into each other, and that's always the danger of being in the listening post. In World War II, they would uh, drop uh, forward positions on islands, and uh, a lone person would be on this island, and they'd be watching watching the shipping lanes as the Japanese fleets would go by, and they'd radio back and report on what the enemy was doing. Uh, Winston Churchill sent uh, agents into occupied Nazi areas of Europe, and they would uh, be hiding in amongst the people, and they would find places where they could radio back to England to to report on what the enemy positions were and what they were doing. And uh, these were critical positions, these listening posts in overcoming the enemy and understanding what he's up to. So important that uh, the, the opposition would spend a lot of time trying to take out these positions. The uh, Nazi forces would spend a great deal of their resources trying to identify where the radio broadcasts were coming from and try to capture those listening posts. We are not engaged with a battle with flesh and blood, but listening posts are critical. In a regular war, you're trying to listen and discern what the enemy is doing. In a spiritual war that we're involved in, 
Our listening pulse is not for the enemy. You don't want to listen to him anyways. The enemy just lies to you, deceives you, leads you astray, and everything. Who you want to listen to is to God. You want to hear what he is saying. The voice of the Lord is one of the most critical aspects of any walk with Christ for any life of any church. It is critical to overcoming the enemy and knowing what he is up to because the Lord knows a great deal of things and he can reveal them to you. For that, you need the Holy Spirit. You gain that Holy Spirit by being born again and receiving the gift of salvation. Along with that comes the Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he reveals the things of God to you. The Lord is there to share incredible things with us. He has so much he wants to tell us and show us. And he will do that if we will listen. There are a lot of people who are wondering, well, does God really talk to people and so on? And when you're starting out and listening to God, it may take you a while to get into this mode, but uh, before long you'll realize God is uh, quite eager to share quite a bit with you. And there has been times when I have accused God of being a bit of a chatty person and say, Lord, I need to go to sleep now. Could we just wrap up this conversation? The Lord wants to talk. The question is, are we willing to listen? It says in John 14, 16 to 17, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another, a helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. So we're promised that at salvation receive that, that we'll know God's will, his comfort, his help in all that we do. Because the Lord has asked that for us. One of the major reasons we lose battles with evil is because we act on prey on what we think is the right thing to do. Have you ever done that? I have wasted a lot of prayers trying to convince God I know what I'm doing and this is what needs to take place. As I get older, I realize I'm not as smart as I think I am. Any of you like that? Or are you still really smart in your own minds? I realize I make mistakes, I, I lack a lot of information, I, you know, if I ever could do it all over again, I would do it much differently. Most of the times, we just don't really know what's going on, but the Lord does. Most con congregations, if you've been a part of them or been other places, have internal conflicts because of, there's often a conflict of opinion. And that problem is, well, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, discussion takes place. We know we are far from victory over evil if we are often thinking this thought. If people would just listen to me, things would be much better. That is the doomsday of the church. We will move from victories and from leaving defeats behind, we'll move into far more victories when we stop talking so much and we start listening to the Lord and his voice. He is the only one who really knows what's going on right now. 
He's the only one with the intelligence, the wisdom, the strategy that we need to overcome the enemy in all we do. All we need to do is to ask the king, and he will direct our steps. I came across an amazing verse. It says in Isaiah 30, verse 21, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. And when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. I have literally experienced that in my life. I'll stand at a crossroads. Do I go? Do I not go? Do I stay? Do I do this or do do that? And when I ask the Lord, he will tell me, do that. Go there. The Lord directs our paths. That's what he wants to do. It is his great and good pleasure to do it every day in our life. A full study of the spiritual truth would take about uh, several months. I'm not going to do that. We're going to do a crash course as we run through some key scriptures. Because listing posts uh, show up in the Bible all over the place. And as I show you a few I think when you go back, you will realize, oh, this is a dominant theme within the Word of God. We're going to pick it up at 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. And from there, we're going to begin to build on this principle that we discover. It's found in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. So he said, go forth and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord was passing by, and a great and strong wind was rending the mountains and breaking in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. (laughs) And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a gentle blowing. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And behold, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I I love this passage. The story of Elijah, the great prophet, is uh, at this point he has faced uh, the wicked queen of Israel. He's been to Mount Carmel and uh, faced the gods of Baal and their prophets. And he's uh, called down fire from heaven and has done a lot of amazing things and delivered the word of God. And now he's hiding in a cave on a mountain. And uh, he has fled to this very same mountain in tradition that Moses was at. He might have be even in the same cleft of the rock that Moses was in when God put his hand over it and said, I am passing by, and came out and he saw the back of God. And there is Elijah in that same place. He's there with a complaint. He said, I am alone in all the world that is faithful to you. No one else is left. I'm it. I'm all you've got. And I have retreated to this mountain. There are people in church who have felt at times, I alone know what God wants. I alone am left and faithful to you. Everyone else has gone astray. That's where Elijah is. He feels like he alone hears from God and no one else is listening. Well, God knows different. God has a lot of people listening to him and following him and faithful to him. 
But Elijah is feeling a little down. I understand that. Have you ever felt depressed? Yeah. Even after all God that's done for you and has worked amazing things in your life, you might feel alone. But you're not. God is with you. He is guiding your steps. And there's a purpose in all that he does. So he, God goes to him. He talks to Elijah. He's not in the storm and the wind or the rock slide or anything like that. Another translation says a still small voice spoke. And that's where God is. God could come to you in a lot of ways. Any of you know Shakespeare? Where the town I just came from, there's a town south of us called Ashland, and they have a Shakespeare festival every year. And uh, Shakespeare is an interesting actor. Uh, when they did plays, it was a bunch of rowdy people. And uh, in the opening part of the play, they have to get all your attention. And so he would do something that would be a tension getter, just something really loud and boisterous so that everybody knew the play was starting, and then they would all start paying attention to the play. And God often does attention getters too. And this is full of attention getters. Storms, lightning, thunder, everything else. And he says, do I have your attention now? Has God ever tried to get your attention? Right. When Jesus came, they said, we want signs and wonders. We want you to get our attention. And he'd give them some and he said, could we have some more? We really like that. And that's all they wanted. But the whole point of getting your attention is so that you will hear the voice of God, a still, small voice. So God can show his wonders in the beauty of the mountains when you come to church and look at that, creation itself. He can show great and marvelous miracles that he has accomplished in my life and many people I know. But that isn't what God's all about. That's an attention-getter. What he wants is to talk to you, to speak, and for you to hear. This is his great desire. If you spend all your life seeking attention getters, this is what Jesus called a wicked and evil generation, always looking for signs and wonders, but never listening, never understanding, never perceiving, never comprehending what God is about. And we have to avoid that and get to the word of God, and to the voice of God who is speaking. He wants us to listen to him. And uh, as we listen to the Lord, we want to be very careful and attentive to, to everything he says. So when Elijah goes out and he speaks to God, he encounters the Lord, and the Lord speaks to him and says, What are you doing here? And Elijah repeats his complaint. It says, I am alone and left, and it almost verbatim and everything else. We often rehearse our prayers and have set prayers that we say to the Lord, and the Lord says, yes, yes, I know, I know, I've heard this many times. What I'm really interested in is a conversation with God, where I hear him speak to me, and then I respond to that, because that's how I move forward in my faith, I begin to realize that where I've been is stuck. And what I need to do is have a conversation with God. So he says, well, you're here. Let's go here and then here and then here and move on and not be stuck in a cave on a mountain and I have to send birds to feed you. He wants you to move forward in what you're doing in your life. Elijah has been in a war and he's a warrior. He has uh, fought with spiritual forces in Israel and 
Now he's in a run for his life, and he's feeling a little beat up despite everything he has been through. And God is trying to restore him. And the way he restores him, it says, start listening to me again. If you've ever been on the front line in a battle, you realize there isn't a whole lot of time for contemplation. You're just out there doing the work, witnessing, sharing, caring, asking God to do great and mighty things. And there are times when you need to pull back from that and get alone with God. Even Jesus Christ did that. He would heal many, he would cast out demons and engage in great spiritual wars, and then he would say, that's enough of that, I am pulling back, I'm going up on this mountain, I'm leaving all you guys behind, please do not follow me. You know what he was doing? He was going to his listening post to be alone with God, to talk with Father God. And every time he came out of his listening post, he came out, with even greater power and authority and clarity. Ministry is fine. Caring for people is fine. But there will always be more need out there than you have supply. Always. Ministry will burn you up because people will take and take and take everything you've got. And unless you go back to the listening post and listen to the Lord, you won't have anything left to give. The Lord is the one who meets all our needs and wants to do it in your life as well as in the lives of the people that you're trying to touch. There are great in lives, great events in our lives when big changes happen, monumental shifts occur. They might seem like earthquakes and hurricanes, but you can't live in those places. We just survive them and move forward. Some people chase signs and wonders, but what we really need to chase is the voice of God. The voice comes often as asked questions, sometimes gives affirmations. What God wants first is our attention to what he is saying. When we listen to the voice of God, you gain vital information as well regarding what the enemy is up to and his strategies against the kingdom of God. And a disciple of Elijah discovered that as well. And now the king of Aram was warring against Israel, and he counseled with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Armenians are coming down there. But the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God had told him, and this is he warned him so that they guarded himself there more than once or twice. The Lord gives us understanding of his word in that when we find spiritual battles taking place in the Old Testament, it also is speaking of spiritual battles that we experience now. Our battle is not with flesh and bloods and with other kings, but with principalities and forces. This prophet of Elijah was a disciple of the previous prophet, and he had learned to rely on listening to the voice of God. And verse 11 goes on to say, Now the heart of the king of Ram was enraged over this thing. 
He called his servant and said to him, will you tell me which of us is for the king of Israel? He's basically asking, which of you are spying on me? And one of his servants said, no, my lord, O king, but Elijah the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and take him. And it was told him, saying, well, you know where he is. He is in Dothan. And he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night, and they surrounded the city. So here we've got a prophet of God in the Old Testament who talks to the Lord and hears his voice. And he consults the king of Israel and he says, I know where the enemy is, I know what he's doing, and I know where he'll be. And this, if you do this and so on, yeah, you won't even need to be engaged in a battle. And the foreign king believes it as well, and he says, we need to shut down this listening post because we can't win this war against Israel as long as they have this kind of information. Elijah became enemy number one because he had an effective listening post. Elijah was a great prophet of that area, but did you know that ever since Pentecost, that spirit that was reserved just for a few, like the prophets or Moses or Elijah, was poured out on all flesh, men, women, children, that you have that spirit as well, that Holy Spirit within you, when you receive Christ as your Savior. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. God will tell you things that are hidden and reveal to you things that are not known. This man of God who listened to God, he won many battles without even breaking a sweat based on what the Holy Spirit revealed to him about what the enemy was doing and how to defeat him. When that great army came up and surrounded the city, he simply prayed that their eyes would be made blind. He went out there, he led them into the city, they threw a church potluck, gave them their sight back, no one died, no one was hurt, they just had a good meal. Boy, that's the way I like to fight a war. Just nice and relaxed, and God was glorified in all things. There is power in having a listening post and hearing what God has to say. When we go to our war room and we listen to the Lord regarding the hidden things, the strategies of the enemy are revealed, and he will become more and more the king of our lives and of our homes. The voice of the Lord is so important. When we listen to the voice of God rather than to our own voice, we just start thinking better. Did you realize that? We make better decisions and we see things clearer and understand what the world is and what's going on around us. When we listen to the voice of the Lord, we will find ourselves in agreement with other believers, moving in the same direction, our reverence to a common king. This may be the most important truth of this very important message. Hearing the voice of the Lord places Jesus Christ as king of this church. 
Nothing could be more important to us and our future together. Jesus taught this very important, critical lesson and that we need to understand it as well. Alright, say ahead. John 10, 1 through 18. Truly I say to you, he who does not enter by the door in the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by a door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. I have, it says later on in verse 16, I have other sheep which are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. One of the most devastating attacks of the church is when Christians disagree and fight amongst themselves. When the church is divided, the enemy takes full advantage and scatters the flock that has no protection and leadership. Isaiah, at his listening post, heard God describe it this way, found in Isaiah 53, 6. All us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turn to our own way. That's what the enemy wants us to do. Jesus himself saw it this way. He said in Matthew 9.36, seeing the people, he looked at the masses of people coming to him, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. That could be a description of many, many congregations throughout the world. We unite and we come together as a mighty army of God when we hear the voice of the Lord on a regular basis in our private lives and as a people of God. Nothing could be more critical for us today. When we listen to the Lord and follow in unity the voice of the Lord, it is a powerful anointing upon our life. We are setting up listening posts. We have prayer warriors who are out there. We have a war room here at the church. And on one cork board, there's a sign that says, The Voice of the Lord. Not long ago, I was working at Home Depot. They had a cork board. It said, The Voice of the Customer. And the all-important voice of the customer. You've got to pay attention to what the customer says. And we would get promoted or fired based on what the customer said. And they wanted to let that go. So we're not Home Depot. We don't wear aprons and do those kinds of things. 
But what is more critical to us than anything else is the voice of the Lord and what he is saying. When reports come in and saying, I think the Lord is saying this to us as a body, we'll post that on that board, and we are looking for discernment what God is saying to us as a body. I believe it'll make all the difference in the world that when we start paying attention to that, God will get chatty. He will start speaking about all kinds of things. And he will lead us. He'll say, go this way, don't go that way, do this, do that. And we'll say, but, 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 but. And we'll have to make a decision continually. Do I trust him? Do I not trust him? But we won't doubt that he's speaking and leading and guiding. For he has promised to do that. The anointing I was talking about we find in the scriptures is found in Psalms 133. It is a critical part of what we do with the Lord. Psalms 133 says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like precious oil upon the head, coming down the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down the edge of his robes, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forever. Aaron was a great high priest, and the anointing oil was placed on the head and would drip down. It was the anointing of the royal priesthood that you were commissioned for the service of the Lord. And David, as the Psalms describes, when we are together in unity under one king and one Lord, listening to the same voice, obeying the same commands, there is a holy anointing that comes with that. That is powerful and mighty. It heals, it mends. For the most part, we have been studying about how to get victory in our own lives, in our own private lives. But ultimately, you can only get so far on your own. If you really want to know power and victory in life, you need to dwell in unity with other believers under one Lord and one King. How do we do that? We start listening to Jesus and do what he says to do and follow his commands. But for that, we need listening posts. People who get alone with the Lord and say, what do you want to tell me, Lord? Rather than spending all day convincing God you're right. Not everyone who claims to be Christian listens to his voice or follows the leading of the Lord. When we need to be aware of that. There are false prophets who say, this is what God is saying, but that isn't what God is saying. So we discern what God is saying and make sure it is right. John 8:47 says, Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So make sure you're right with the Lord, that you are saved and you have received the Spirit. John 10:16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. John 27, he goes on and says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they will follow me. Romans 8, 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God, led by his voice, are sons of God when we are led. 
1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Holy Spirit, for they are a folly to him, and he is not able to understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. And all that means is the voice of the Lord is received by faith. Faith, you have to trust it. Jesus is speaking every day. Are you at your post listening? We want to hear from the Lord. Do you want to hear from the Lord? He has great and mighty things to show us. Would you stand with me? I want to close with a prayer. Mighty Lord, we thank you that we can get in this place and we can share from your word and we can pray with one another, that we can give each other uh, hugs and blessings. But Lord, we thank you most of all for your spirit that is here and for your voice that is speaking to us. And Lord, uh, I believe every time we open the word and share it that you are talking and that you have begun a conversation I pray, Lord, that we would stay in that conversation and pursue it until you have told us everything you want to tell us. Lord, as we discern your voice and your will, I pray that we will dwell in that unity and share what God is saying with one another. And I think we're going to find something, something amazing, that God is saying the same thing to many hearts. Lord, let us not keep the secret of your voice to ourselves, but let us share it so that others may know and that we might comprehend what the king wants and what he is speaking from his throne. I thank you for this blessed fellowship, Lord, for their faithfulness, for their willingness to listen and to obey. I pray, O oh God, that we would stop retreating and be distressed and scattered and we would come together under this one King and one Lord, for we hear only one voice that we trust, and that is yours, Lord. Guard and protect him. Go with him, Lord, and grant them the peace that passes understanding. I ask this in your holy name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you.